Wow. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a uh, poll here this morning. See how many people, uh, I was trying to figure out, have we done this for four or five weeks? Somewhere around in there, I think. And I've, uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I remember being in a church where sometimes I was preaching three times on Sunday morning. So it kind of it brought back some memories. But here we go, next Sunday, back to 1030. And it'll be good to see everybody together. But thanks for being here at 9 o'clock. But I am going to find out. How many of you have been here for every single 9 o'clock service? Just raise your hands, huh? Ah, you're the hearty souls here, aren't you? you? You deserve some kind of an award. I'm not sure what it is, but anyway, you, you, you deserve something there. But thank you for uh, supporting 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and, and I know you'll continue to support as we go back to, to 1030. But God's good, isn't he? And he's helping us transition back into some of uh, the activities that you're used to. And, and uh, we'll just pray that the Lord will keep us safe and we'll continue to be prudent in everything that we do. And uh, just, just thankful for your faithfulness during, during these, really, these last several months. If you take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2. I just want to read the first two verses for you. 1 John chapter 2, verses, verses 1 and 2. Let's stand, please, for the reading of, of God's Word. Thankful for this truth here today. I never want to take it for granted. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father... Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Thank you, Father, that this Scripture is as true today as it's ever been. Lord, the devil is taking our world and shaking it up and and dividing and filling us with fear and anger and Lord all of these things we know Lord that uh, the devil would like to keep us off balance but all oh, father here it is today reminding us that here's the answer for the world today Jesus Christ our advocate who's with the father today he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins but not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Thank you, Lord, that if anybody does sin, there's an answer. There's a Savior. And we're thankful for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may, you may be seated. You know, one thing I've found out over the years is that dogs love runners, don't they? If you're a runner, you understand you have a relationship. You have a special relationship with canines. And I'm going to go back, oh, probably 30-some years when I was pastoring up in Newcomerstown, Ohio, right straight up 77 past Cambridge. And I remember there was a dear saint of a lady in our, in our church uh, by the name of Twyla. And she was a dear saint in the church, and she and her husband were lifelong residents of Newcomerstown and and they had a granddaughter and her family that lived right up the street from the church. 
we tried reaching out to that family and we were working with them and one day I'm, I'm running by their house. This is the house of Twyla's granddaughter and I'm running by the house. Now mind you, I'm minding my own business. I'm clear on the other side of the street. I'm not even on the granddaughter's side of the street. Clear on the other side of the street. Little did I realize that the week before, granddaughter's dog had had a run-in with one of the trash men who happened to be wearing a certain pair of gloves. And that trash man had gloves on, and so that dog was after anybody that was wearing gloves. And I was wearing gloves. They were the same, si they were the same color gloves, all of those kind of things. I'm clear on the other side of the street, minding my own business, just jogging toward home, Pretty soon I hear this barking going on and this yiping and I hear it running across the street and the next thing I know it's hanging off the back of my leg. It's taking a little flesh out of the back of my leg and there I'm standing there, I'm turning around and this dog is just, it thinks I'm the trash man from the week before. It was out for revenge and that dog was going after the backside of my leg. Well, out comes Twyla's granddaughter. She's mortified. She realizes it's the preacher. She comes up to the dog. She's got a newspaper in her hand. You know what she's going to do with the newspaper. She's swatting that dog all the way back to the house. And the last words I hear her say as she slammed the door shut was, of all the people you could bite, of all the people you could bite, you had to bite Grandma's preacher. Well... Uh, runners and dogs, we, we just have a kind of a special relationship. But you don't want to know something today? I'm glad I was Grandma's preacher. And I'm glad today I still have the chance to preach because it's the greatest privilege in the world to preach the greatest news in all creation. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And I see here in verse 1, I see the ideal. Here's the ideal. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. That's always been the standard. That's God's standard for everyone. No sin. God's ideal. Genesis 5.1, when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. And that included being pure and clean and holy and without flaw. Ephesians 4.24 kind of reflects that whole idea. It talks about being created like God in true righteousness and holiness. And you can't get any clearer than what you see over in 2 Corinthians 6.17. Four powerful words. Touch no unclean thing. This is God's ideal for each one of us. Don't ever, ever sin. I remember 30, again, a number of years ago, and our daughters were just toddlers, and one of our daughters, we were, we were sitting around, and we were eating supper and must have had hamburgers or something, and she wanted ketchup on her hamburger. Now, you know when a toddler picks up a ketchup bottle, everybody's taking notice, right? And she's picking up that ketchup bottle, and she's turning it upside down, and she's squeezing for all it's worth to try to get that ketchup out of there. But for some reason, it wouldn't squeeze. Why? It wasn't a plastic bottle. It was a glass bottle. 
And she was shaking that thing and trying to do everything she could. And I said, sweetheart, you're not going to be able to get it out that way. That's not a plastic bottle. You know, I've been thinking about what God has really created us to be. And I thought about that scene the other day. You know, God created us to be unsqueezable, if you will. When it comes to spiritual speaking, that is. Rock solid. But what's happened Ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, we've acted more like plastic ketchup bottles, not solid glass. And Satan has been squeezing the life out of us ever since then. He's just kind of taken the life that God's given us and the perfection that he wants for us, and he's ruined it all, and he's just kind of squeezed it all out of us. But the ideal has been replaced by the bad deal, hasn't it? I mean, think about it. My dear children, I write these to you so you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, and that reminds me of the fact that all have sinned, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that's the bad deal. It's about as bad as it gets. It's a bad deal for the Father who has expected so much more out of us. And on this Father's Day, I, I want to recall a story that Jesus told of a devastated dad dealt a blow by his rebellious boy. Remember what the boy said? Give me my share of the inheritance. I'm out of here. I'm tired of your rules. I'm tired of doing what you tell me to do. I'm going to go off and live my own life. I got my friends over here. I don't have to live under the yoke of oppression of my dad anymore. And can't you picture dad as the boy is walking away? And I can almost hear him whisper, don't leave, son. Don't leave. But the boy's heart was set on wild living. What a picture of lost humanity. We've left the safe confines of the Father's house, and we've decided for a distant country. And day after day, Dad sits on the porch, and he his, his tired eyes are looking at the horizon and he's looking at the other end of the road and he's hoping against hope that his boy will come back home. And day after day, Dad sits there and each evening his sorrowing bones collapse into bed and knowing that his boy is squandering all of the riches and all of his youth and all of his strength on what? On absolutely nothing. Picture Dad sleepless. And a boy, helpless. Here's why our Heavenly Father sent His own Son. Because you see, we look at the ideal and we see the bad deal. But friends, I'm here to tell you today about the big deal. Man, this is the biggest deal in all of history. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This past Tuesday, I had the privilege of telling Shamari and Abbas the best news in the entire world. I have a relationship with a, a funeral home near where we live on the north side of Columbus. And it's really interesting how the Lord opened up doors. I remember when we were, when we were closing on our house in Westerville. And the people that were selling the house to us were sitting on the other side of the table. 
come to find out that they worked for that funeral home and and the guy's a minister also and he looked at me can you imagine this we're right in the middle selling uh, or selling and buying a house and all that and we're signing all the papers over and he says right in the middle of all the signing hey how'd you like to come and help us out with memorial services every once in a while I said sure and I'm signing our life away on there and said, sure I'll come and I'll come and help and little did I realize that was going to start a relationship with those people there wonderful wonderful group to work with and every once in a while I get a call just like I did a little over a week ago the director called and she said here's a young couple and it's a really sad story their boy was born on June the 1st and he also was pronounced dead on June the 1st it was a stillborn Shamari and and uh, Abbas Abbas is actually an immigrant from Sierra Leone West Africa he has two other children that still live in West Africa I go into the funeral home and into the room where the family was there were only five people in that memorial service Shamari and Abbas her mom an aunt and an uncle I sat down with them and I talked Abbas looked at me and he says I was so excited about having a little boy but now he's gone and I sat there and I said the only thing you can say in a situation like that I, I looked at him I said I'm so sorry for your loss and I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he cares for you very very much I went up to the front of the room and there on the table was a display there were there were handprints and the footprints and there were pictures of Shamari and Abbas holding that lifeless little boy in their arms there was there were the ashes right in the middle and some other memorabilia all around and family was looking at it and finally came time for the service and I opened up like I usually do with a funeral service talking about Psalm 121 I lift up my eyes to the hills where does my help come from my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth and we prayed and we asked the Lord to help us and and then remember last Sunday fresh on my mind was Psalm 23 remember all of those personal pronouns the Lord is my shepherd I shall lack nothing he makes me lie down and and I went down all the way down through there and then I had the privilege of standing there before them and looking at those five people and saying I want you to know something today Jesus wants to be your shepherd Jesus wants to be your shepherd and where it starts is you're able to come to Jesus just like I did as a teenager and just pray that simple prayer dear Jesus come into my heart Lord help me from now on out to live for you Lord would you forgive me of my sin take away all the wrong in my heart and help me from now on out to live for you and and the good news on Tuesday morning as well as this Sunday morning on Father's Day is if we confess our sins he's faithful and just and he'll forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness yesterday I had a little surprise we were up at our daughter's house on the other end of Westerville about six miles away from where we live a hot 90 some degree afternoon 
and we're taking the dog out while they're on the road and we brought the dog out and then we put her back in her crate and we were getting ready to leave went to turn the ignition it was dead it was dead don't you just love when that happens late on a Saturday afternoon come to find out there were a couple of angels on that block I went over next door a guy by the name of Wayne my daughter's next door neighbor he comes out he he says you know there's a guy down the street who really knows what he's doing he brings Ryan up Ryan comes up he says it's your battery it's your battery for sure he said hey here's my wife's Toyota you can use it don't you love how we men uh, allow people to use our wives cars uh, he didn't let me drive his truck and I can understand why but uh, he said, you can drive my wife's car and you can go to Advance Auto Part or wherever you can find a place open and get yourself a new battery. And that's exactly what I did. And when I got back, we put the battery in and boom, it started right up. And uh, hopefully by next week, I'll be bringing the Toyota back to Parkersburg. But anyway, at the end of all that, I looked at those two guys and I said, is there anything I can do for you? Can I give you enough money to take your wives out to Wendy's or... You know, I was going big time with that, you know. I'm thinking, can I take, and of course they said, no, 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 don't, don't worry about that. And then I was reminded, and I said, you know, if they won't take silver or gold. And I looked at him and I said, guys, I want you to know something. Jesus cares for you and your family. This message was fresh on my mind because I knew this is what I'm going to preach the next morning. And I said, you know, I can't let this day go by without telling them what Jesus has done for me. And I looked at Wayne and I looked at Ryan and I said, you want to know something? Jesus loves you and your family. And the thing that counts more than anything else is a personal relationship with the Lord. When I was a kid, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I am so very grateful I gave my heart to the Lord. I've never had any regrets. And he has led me all the way up to this point. And I just hope that you know Jesus as your Savior. Ryan, he looked at me and he said, man, that's the only way to live, that's for sure. I don't know where he is in his personal relationship, but I know that Wayne is the son of a Baptist minister, and I know Wayne knows the way, and it sounds like Ryan knows the way, and I hope I was just able to encourage them somehow a little bit along the way. You know what I'm thankful for today? <laughs> I am thankful that I was Grandma's preacher. I'm so, I'm so grateful for that, and I, and, I, and I still get to proclaim it today. Listen, friends, it's still true. Jesus saves. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus saves. I, I love this story of a dad whose love couldn't wait for his son's return. Don't you love this story? There he is, scanning the horizon like he's done day after day after day. Hey, and he wait, he sees someone coming, but his emotions are held in check because he's seen apparitions before coming over the horizon. But this time, this time, it looks familiar. It's a familiar gate. <laughs> and all of a sudden, as he gets closer, he realizes, finally at long last, it's my boy. It's my boy. He's coming home. Can I let Jesus' own words bring this story in for a landing? But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. 
he threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Here's the truth, my friends. Anytime a sinner has had enough of Satan's squeeze and returns home to our Father, all of heaven celebrates. Why? Because in heaven, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. You know, it's un, I, I'm going to tell you this morning, it's unthinkable that anyone would leave a service like this unsaved. That, that's, just, that's just unthinkable. No one needs to be lost. I, I'm here to tell you today, it's a bad deal. Anytime anybody walks out of here lost, still living in the far country. How unnecessary, because Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. My dad was, my dad, bless his memory, he, he was one of the best witnesses I ever knew. My brother and I were talking on the phone here just recently, and, and he was remembering a time when he lived in Kansas City. My brother lived in Kansas City. Mom and dad were out there visiting with them. And there was a roofer at their house, and he was out inspecting the roof, maybe to put a new roof on. Dad met the guy. Don had walked off somewhere, and he saw dad had a guy over in the corner of the house talking to him pretty intently. And my brother knew exactly what was going on. My dad was telling him, you know what my dad was telling him? If he can save me, he can save anybody. Friends, if he can save me, he can save anybody. He can save even you. Even you. That old hymn is so penetrating. And the worship team is going to come. I, I love this version of this beautiful old hymn, but it just simply says, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. We think about it today. Here's the great news. Picture this. As, as you're coming to the Father, as you're, as you're coming back home, the, the Father is running full tilt towards you. Can you just picture that? He's ready to receive you into His loving arms. Rest assured in His loving embrace, it's still true. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. And He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I, I, I really mean this when I say this. There is no reason why anybody here has to leave without Jesus in their heart. 
The Father is looking out on the horizon. He's ready for you to come home. And I just wonder, maybe there's somebody that's been attending here, and man, you've been so close, and yet you're still living in that far country. I don't have anybody in particular in mind. All I know is I just feel compelled to give somebody a chance. Somebody a chance here this morning to find Jesus. To find the Father who loves you so much. Lord, I pray that as we sing this song, that you would melt our hearts that you would take away all the excuses, that you would melt away all the rebellion, that you would melt, melt away all the anger and the fear, and that, Lord, you would just break through in a special and a sweet way. I know your Holy Spirit is striving with someone. Your provenient grace has been going before them for years, maybe. And now we've come to this moment, the moment of truth, Oh, Lord, this is a big deal. Lord, it's just unthinkable that anybody would leave here without you in their hearts. I pray that this would be the moment where we could just slip down to, in an aisle and, and come to an altar of prayer. And sometimes, Lord, I, I, I think that maybe even before we hit the altar, the, the work is already happening. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. And I pray that you would forgive me of all of my sin and help me from now on out to love you and serve you. I confess. I repent. I turn. I don't want to be the same person that came in here. Lord, I'm coming home. I'm coming home to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Amen and amen. As we sing, I want you to know the altar is always open. You can pray that prayer right where you are, but there's something about confessing and repenting. God's people can be accountable to pray for you on this morning. Shall we sing together? Make this a, a prayer here this morning. God bless you. Mm -hmm.